Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Good morning and welcome to the trade feed. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich in the chairs for the next hour. Josh, good morning to you. It's been... Another busy 24 hours. It has, Sarah. Plenty of moves early in this trade period, which is exactly what we want. We're nearly a week away from the deadline and there's still so much to be done. And another move this morning involving Zancotti. That's right. So Cal Toomey broke this story late last night. It was sort of going around this week that the St Kilda Footy Club were interested in Zancotti. We had James Gallagher on the phone, I think it was last Wednesday. Maybe it was last Tuesday. And we spoke to him about needs for the club and he was pretty adamant that they need some more depth down back. They need some more tools. And they looked at quite a few players. Radigalia was a player they looked at. They looked at Lewis Malikin. They looked at Kyle Hardigan, who's just been delisted from Hawthorne. And Zane Cordy's the player they've settled on. So the Western Bulldogs had an offer on the table to Zane Cordy and his management for the last few months. Two-year deal. They were looking to keep him, but after they went and got Liam Jones, he made the decision to explore his opportunities elsewhere and he's landed at Moorabbin with a three-year deal. Now, we do have two special guests who will be on the show today. 2016 Premiership star Tom Boyd and also new Western Bulldogs recruit Liam Jones. Going to be fascinating chats to both of them. And, of course, when it comes to Tom Boyd, his situation, Josh, many parallels to what Jason Horn francis is now experiencing. Well, we wanted to have Tom Boyd on at some stage during this 13-day period. But when the Jason Horn francis news broke over the weekend, we thought, hang on, this is perfect. We need to get him on because he's lived the experience. I mean, what Jason Horn francis is going through right now in terms of being a, a player that that wants to leave after just one year as the number one draft pick is, is quite amazing. So... Different circumstances, obviously the mega deal attached to Tom Boyd we'll touch on because it's been spoken about at length forever, but it's incredible to think after just one year, Jason Horn francis has requested a trade back to his home state. And Liam Jones, of course, joining the Western Bulldogs yesterday, a homecoming of sorts and really the kind of player, Josh, that they need in their back line. Well, we saw throughout the year that they just weren't settled down back. Alex Keith was dropped at times. Ryan Gardner had issues with his body. Zane Cordy was in and out of the team. It was a weakness for them. It's why the conversation around Aaron Norton has been so hotly debated across the best part of 12 months. They've been needing, they've been looking for another key defender and they've finally got one in Liam Jones. So I'm looking forward to hearing from him because we all know what's transpired in the last 12 months for Liam. So I look forward to getting his take on things. All right, we will get to Liam Jones, the new Western Bulldogs recruit shortly. But firstly, on the line, we do have Tom Boyd, the 2016 Premiership player and former number one pick. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the Trade Feed. 
Fantastic to be here with you both. Thanks for having me. No worries. Now, three years out of the game, just give the listeners an idea of what you've been up to. Uh, well, you know, there was this uh, whole world pandemic thing <laughs> that really sort of put everything into a bit of perspective. But lucky enough to, uh, to actually publish my first book, Nowhere to Hide, uh, on August 2 this year. And I've really transitioned into working, hopefully, in a really positive space around mental health and, and overall experience of, of workers uh, in the workplace. And I'm also lucky enough to have become a father almost six months ago now. So um, life is uh, chock-a-block. Nice and busy, and we will touch on your book, Nowhere to Hide, in a little bit. But I'd like to begin with the situation transpiring around Jason Horn Francis, the number one pick who has requested a trade back to South Australia and Port Adelaide. What have you made of it all? Can you empathise with what he's going through? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I haven't followed his career intimately. I, I mentioned, uh, particularly when he was under quite a bit of scrutiny, that I probably listened to about 15 minutes of him playing. I think that was the game that he got suspended. So <laughs> in terms of his actual playing career, I don't have a lot of insight. But look, I think one of the things that people really struggle to reconcile with as the public is the fact that players do have the, the right to make the decisions that they deem as best to, to their overall career. And look, football's a short game. The average career spans three and a half years. And you do need to capitalise both financially and in a sense of trying to accomplish as much as you can in that short period. So um, I think that as long as he's got sound advice around him and he's got um, people in his corner that are telling him the, the harsh truths about the fact that being traded as a number one pick, such as I was, does come with certain burdens and challenges, as well as, you know, ultimately some successes in, in my case and also some opportunities. I think you'll be just fine. Tom, you've lived this experience, obviously slightly different given the magnitude of the deal when you moved clubs from Greater Western Sydney to the Western Bulldogs back in 2014. We're eight years on. The media cycle is almost a little bit more vicious, especially in the social media game would you recommend doing it if you're Jason Horn Francis right now given everything that you endured if you're Jason Horn Francis would you recommend doing it uh I mean look I I don't have any recommendations either way uh Josh I think for for me it really just comes down to making again the best decisions that you possibly can and one of the things that I think surprised me in a sense is that you know you do have this certain level of expectation just being a number one pick that's you know comes with the territory but when you do make a deal that, you know, let's say upsets a few people, in particular the football loyalists of the world who believe that players should sort of hold this genuine loyalty and stay as one club players, which obviously sort of flies in the face of the fact that clubs are also willing to cut you at a moment's notice. But um, I think from that perspective, it's, it's important to remember that you have to be making the decisions for the right reasons. And look, I don't shy away from the fact that it was an enormous financial opportunity. I had a two-year deal on the table essentially with the Giants that was certainly you know nothing to snark at but didn't compare but I think also you know part of my uh, sort of uh, choice and and the decision that I made was based around the fact that there was a whole heap of competition at the Giants at the time and we obviously had Jeremy Cameron and John Patton playing footy there I didn't feel like the team was perhaps quite as uh, open for me as, a, as it might be otherwise and that I sort of had a, a, a mission to push uphill to get in the side every single week which I'm not trying to shy away from but that I think coupled with the fact that moving back to Victoria on a really big financial deal and also being able to be the marquee player of a football club really appealed to me at the time but it certainly does come with added responsibility and added challenges um, along with it. 
Tom, we'll move on in a second, but just one final one on this situation because it's very fascinating. It's going to be a topic that's discussed at length between now and next Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You've touched on this a little bit, but I just want to drill down a little bit closer. The flip side of this is Jason didn't choose to go to North Melbourne. The nature of the draft system is it dictates where you go. I feel like the public is very critical of players that move initially. We're seeing it right now with Ollie Henry and Tanner Bruin. They've come to the end of their first two years at their clubs, their first round picks, slightly different given where they were taken in the draft. But should the should the public and, and the supporters be less critical of players that want to move given they didn't choose where they landed via the draft? I'll ask the question of you, Josh. If you are not 18 years old and someone offered you $7 bucks to move from a club that had won three games in my first season or something like that, what would you do? Mm. You know, like, I think this is the great misconception of of the difference between people thinking about AFL footballers as footballers as opposed to people. And they are trying to genuinely make their lives better. And in some cases, it genuinely affects their families' lives. It affects their future overall. And I just, um, you know, I don't feel like, particularly for players who are taken very high in the draft, that there, there is a there is a to and fro and there is a tension between what the club provides for them and what the players themselves are destined to contribute. And... I don't think that we're in the day and age where you can just accept the fact that your players you draft are just going to stay because you drafted them anymore because the players are, uh, have had their eyes wide open. And look, in some cases, I, or in some ways, I should say, I think my deal was probably one of the first where really we entered into the trade period knowing we had leverage. And, you know, I was overseas at the time, but Liam um, Pickering, my manager, has, you know, was masterful in leveraging and balancing the tension between upsetting the Giants so much that out of spite they'd kept me, but also putting them under as much immense pressure as possible to put them in a position where they had to accept the trade offer that was on the table from the Bulldogs. And I think, you know, playing that, that walking that fine line is a really important part because the worst possible situation that Jason can find himself in is, you know, having upset basically North Melbourne and all their supporters and having to play a following 12 months at that footy club and not being able to perform to the best of his ability based on having put himself in a situation where there's a significant amount of roadblocks that weren't even there this year on top of the challenges that he's already faced. Take us back to your trade experience, Tom. Let's move the conversation forward because you detail it really well in your memoir, Nowhere to Hide. You were on an Indonesian island at the time that this deal went down. There wasn't a great deal of Wi-Fi on that island. You had conversations, obviously, with Liam Pickering throughout the year and throughout that trade period. But it's hardly like you were in Melbourne or in Australia at the time when the trade was all being negotiated. What was that period like? Yeah, I think everyone thinks that, like, I knew I was going to leave at the end of my first season. And, you know, I'd, I'd booked a, a new lease in Concord with a few of the boys and, um, you know, had to pay that for a significant period before someone could essentially take it off uh, in the following season. But, you know, I you know, thankfully signed power of attorney over to, to Liam before I left. I went over to Indonesia and I was really, really just trying to reset. I mean, the first season was, is and always will be a really challenging experience to draft seeds, particularly for um, particularly high, anyone. High picks, low picks, it doesn't really matter. Transitioning into the game is challenging. So, I went over there on a surf trip. I went there to basically, you know, unplug, disconnect, and that's exactly what I had available to me. No cell reception, uh, some very dodgy Wi-Fi, which we were getting absolutely eye-gouged for price. I think it was costing us 50 bucks a day or something, and it barely worked if <laughs> two people were on it. And, uh, and I remember I'd, um, I, I hadn't heard anything about what was going on in Melbourne other than I was just basically following, you know, the equivalent of you two at the time, which was trade radio or trade news. And... We'd seen that Ryan Griffin had asked for a trade and 
I remember we had a sort of few spattering LI messages back and forth between Liam and my dad. And we sort of got to the stage where, you know, dad said to me essentially, look, everything that's good that's happened in my life, particularly in business, has happened when I've been willing to take a risk. And we decided that the risk was worth, worth the reward, obviously, with the financial opportunity that was on the table. And from there, essentially, um, you know, the trade you know, period, long as it is, uh, just basically went back and forth. It was never going to happen. It was going to happen. I actually ran into Dave Matthews the other day and we had a good laugh about how the never a chance of trade period, uh, trading me became a, okay, we're going to trade him. Um, but essentially just got to the stage where it was a stalemate on the last night. Um, in the Liam, it spent three or four days basically, you know, doing exactly what I mentioned earlier in terms of leveraging public opinion against the Giants and trying to put them in a difficult position. And I get a text at probably 6 p.m. or something, trade uh, the second last day of trade period. I think it finished at 2 p.m. the next day or something like that. And um, Pickers basically said, look, they've gone home. We're not getting anywhere. Not sure if this is going to happen. So I wake up the next morning or after probably not sleeping very well at all. And, you know, the deal of a lifetime gets sealed by two words, which basically just said it's done. Um, you know, of course, I said, what's done? But, um, yeah, that was basically the, the uh, extent of my trade period, a very stressful few days. But at least I was in the, one of the most peaceful parts of the world. When you read those two words, it's done, what was the immediate feeling? Oh, overwhelming, well, confusion first. I wanted to confirm it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. But um, overwhelming relief because I'd had no communication with the Giants. Um, one, basically because, you know, I was stuck in Indonesia and they couldn't get on to me. But two... Quite simply because, you know, engaging with your current club when you're in a difficult position like that isn't usually conducive to success. Um, but the previous communication I had with Leon was, um, geez, Tom, it's been a, a crazy few days. Can't wait for you to come back for a really, really big AFL pre-season. And I started to basically think I was going to stay in Indonesia for the next two years, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, um, yeah, the relief that I sort of hit me and, and then, you know, it probably took me uh, it probably took me 12 months to really realise how big of a thing had happened. Um, you know, it was such a sort of watershed moment in terms of, you know, high draft picks leveraging their way out of contracts 12 months before they were done and sort of entered a new phase of AFL free agency, which wasn't really free agency. And, and we're sort of seeing the fruits of that, I suppose, today. We're speaking to Tom Boyd. Tom, talk us through the first 12 months at the Bulldogs because... As you say, there was all attention on you with this big deal having come from the Giants as the number one pick. It must have been really tough and perhaps not as tough as people on the outside thought. Yeah, I suppose my uh, my first, um, not warning sign, but probably eye-opening experience. I remember we did a uh, sort of kiss the baby moment down at uh, Williamstown North Primary School. You know, you've got a clinic, the sun was out. I think Nathan Roback came with me because uh, I played with him at Big Metro and he was a familiar face. And the wonderful Dennis Spicer, the media manager at the club, had sort of organised it. Anyway, we, we finished the clinic and I went to a press conference with the, the media that were in attendance today. And I can't remember if it was the second or third question, but essentially what was put to me was, you know, what do you think this means for overall player trading and, and the free agency market or something like that. And I was like, well, I'm 19, so I don't know if I know a lot about what's going on. But um, I think that really marked probably the, 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 the significant distinction between me being, you know, a junior at 18 who, you know, was super high potential, number one pick, then going through my first season. And it was started to sort of the conversation shifted to, oh, where is he at? You know, I know big guys take a bit longer, but, you know, 
it's sort of we're not seeing enough from him. He only played nine games, kicked whatever eight goals. Where's he at? What's going on? And then as soon as I moved back to to Melbourne, I think the conversation really became, hey, he's getting paid a whole heap of money. Why isn't he being one of the best players in the competition? And I think that's probably part of the story of, you know, my journey being that I think based on circumstance that people held a different level of standard towards me. And that's, you know, that's absolutely fine based on the fact that I was a number one pick and I was getting paid a lot of money. But it was really quite difficult because I felt um, this overwhelming sense of impatience for me to really get to being one of the premier players in the competition far quicker than perhaps some of my other teammates or, or draft cohort had um, put to them. Tom, we could spend much of the morning discussing your fascinating footy journey and what you're doing now. I just want to get a, an insight into your relationship with the game because your story is very well known. Your move is very well known, but you're also a really big part of the Western Bulldogs history in terms of the role you played in that grand final back in 2016. Pretty stiff not to get the Norm Smith medal, very. given your role on that day that ended a 62-year premiership drought. How is your relationship with footy now? Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to define football in, in a couple of buckets. I mean, for, for starters, the AFL is, um, you know, it's not it's not footy. The AFL is a league. It's obviously the highest league in the land. It is also a, you know, behemoth of a PR machine. It generates, you know, basically bums on seats and eyes on screens. And I think my experience in that environment was quite challenging. But then when I go back to the sort of community level um, and I see there's power that football and, you know, say footy and netball clubs in country Victoria through the work that I do with WorkSafe have in not only bringing people together, but supporting young people and people alike. I think it's just a fantastic thing to see. And I've never loved community footy more than I, I love it right now. But I will say, you know, to touch on the premiership and you're both being very kind around the Norm Smith. I thought Jason was uh, quite uh, <laughs> dominant that day. But the actual relationship that I have with the fans of the football club at the, at the Bulldogs is something that I'm particularly, grat- uh, you know, have a particular level of gratitude for, given the fact that, you know, the Bulldogs have come from a, a suburb that has been historically quite poor. It's a, it's a team that has gone, you know, basically into bankruptcy multiple times. It's been merger talks. There's been, you know, many, many stories written about the challenges of the Western Bulldogs. And I think for me to be able to talk to some of the older fans who, you know, as a 21-year-old to win a premiership, some of these fans have supported the club for, you know, four times as long as I've been alive. And the conversations I'm lucky enough to have with them is really, you know, one filled with gratitude and then basically thanking me and and my teammates for the contributions we made on that day because they never thought they were ever going to see a a flag. And and many of them have even mentioned that they they can now die happy, which I think is, you know, if if anyone can articulate the magic of sport, I think that's the, the message that I would... I would put to them. Tom, just to finish up, you're 27 now. You and Anna had Amani in April. Life sounds like it's changed quite a bit for you. Yeah, well, Josh, when I spoke to you last time, she was still sleeping. So um, she's decided to become nocturnal in the last five weeks, which has made it a a different proposition altogether. But you should be well practiced, uh, though, with sleep deprivation. It's slightly different when someone's screaming at you in the middle of the night. Um, I think, look, one of the things that, you know, I've, I've tried to say to people is, you know, when I left the game, I, I was certain that I wanted to move on. Um, I was certain of the sort of North Star that I wanted to work in the mental health space and I wanted to make a positive impact. And I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. And obviously COVID threw a bit of a spanner in the works. And it ended up changing my perspective even more. But doing the work that I do now, I'm really grateful that I get to get up every day and actually make an impact in the space that I wanted to. And I think finally on that point is 
as amazing as the grand final was, and it's certainly not something I'm going to be able to experience again from a public sort of experience sense. When I walked out of the game at 23, I just wanted to make sure that the, you know, the highlight of my life wasn't what happened as a 21-year-old and that I was able to accomplish things after the game that actually meant something to, to, to people and meant something to me and my family. So that's what I'm endeavouring to do, whether I've accomplished it yet, not sure, but certainly looking to do that in the future. Tom, it's great to hear that everything is flying for you at the moment. Nowhere to hide. Where can everyone find your first book? You're a published author. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was quite the journey writing a book about yourself, <laughs> I tell you that much, especially when it's mostly about really challenging times. But um, it's in all good bookstores, I'm told. I'm sure you can buy it on Booktopia or any of the, uh, the major online retailers as well. But, look, I think it's something that I really want it to be useful for people. And, you know, I think one of the things that I I mentioned to a couple of the the guys that I've been speaking to this morning is that it's something that I think I wish I'd read or something like that that I wish I'd read when I was 16, 17, 18, going through the formative years of my life because many of the questions we all have about ourselves and where we're going and the doubts and uncertainties that we face, everyone faces them, including footballers who seem like they've got it all put together, you know, who are able to... Yeah, pay lots of money and, and win a premiership at, at a young age. We still have many questions about who we are and, and what we actually want to accomplish in our lives. And hopefully it's helpful for people in understanding not only my journey, but hopefully in understanding theirs. It sounds like an invaluable resource. So, Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the Trade Feed. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. Tom Boyd there, of course, the 2016 Premiership Bulldog, former number one draft pick and now published author with Nowhere to Hide, also a mental health advocate. It's nice to hear him in a better place these days, Josh, and reflecting on his career. It's also a little bit of a cautionary tale, isn't it, for Jason Horn Francis and just what could be ahead of him? Because if you're the number one pick and you do request that trade, it does come with a lot of criticism. You're under the microscope. Especially going to a two-team town yeah. like Adelaide. It's it's really interesting to hear from Tom there. He's he's very articulate. He, he can explain himself incredibly well. That memoir is a must-read, not just on his life experiences, but on the trade experience. Obviously, that's why we're here right now talking trades, but his insight into that period and even meeting with the Bulldogs and Peter Gordon is really, really fascinating. So I highly recommend picking up that book. That was retired Western Bulldogs Premiership hero Tom Boyd, who hung up the boots three years ago for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. This is the trade feed. Thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with the one Ronalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota. Toyota certified. Pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Now, Josh, we do get live feedback on the trade feed, and this in from Josh Gill on the text line 0419187323. Tom Boyd, having just listened to you speak on Trade Radio, I've just purchased your book online. You speak so well, and I could have listened to you all day. Everyone has their challenges. 
Lovely. That's the feedback that we would like to see. Exactly. Sometimes we don't love the feedback we get, but mm. Josh Gill, you keep on texting in. Well, we just spoke to one bulldog and we've got another on the line. In fact, it's the newest bulldog recruit, Liam Jones, having signed a three-year deal, which will commence at the beginning of 2023. He joins us on the trade feed. Liam, thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. And I know you've been on Media Street in the past 12 hours, so we really do appreciate you coming on. Did you think it was possible 12 months ago that you would be back in the AFL system and back at the Western Bulldogs? No, I certainly didn't. Um, yeah, when come you know, 12 months ago, uh, football would have been the last thing on my mind. You know, I still love the game and um, I would have, you know, was interested in keeping fit and playing at whatever level I could, but at the highest level, I thought that um, that part of my life was over. And then, um, yeah, just sort of still pinching myself. It hasn't sunk in yet. Um, and I've sort of just try to live, you know, day by day and just control the things that I can control. But, um, yeah, when everything was processed and went through um, that quarter to five last night, um, I was, yeah, over the moon. I, I can't believe I get the opportunity to play AFL again and to go back to the club that gave me that chance, you know, 14 years ago. It's um, pretty special. It's certainly a homecoming of sorts. What have you learnt about yourself over these past 12 months? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've learnt, um, you know, the, there's some, so many really good people out, out there. Um, and, you know, we move states and the community that embraced us up here in Kingscliff and the footy club in Palm Beach, um, just really beautiful people that, um, you know, allowed me and my partner, um, you know, to have a really great 12 months and, the opportunities I got to work and the people I connected with, um, it was a really good time. And um, I guess, you know, coming back into the system, um, I feel like I've usually had really good perspective on things, but obviously I'm towards, you know, the end of my career than, than the start. But, um, you know, I'm not going to leave any stone unturned um, in preparing, preparing for, you know, my comeback. And then, um, yeah, eventually, whenever it is, um, finishing off my career um, in on my terms and um, in the right way. Liam, you're back at the Witten Oval. Why did you settle on the Western Bulldogs? Because when the AFL's stance on vaccination was softened a few months ago, you had multiple suitors. Why did you choose to return to the Bulldogs? Yeah, well, um, to be honest, um, I really appreciate and um, was very sort of um, overwhelmed by the amount of clubs' interest and that that sort of thing. And I appreciate all the clubs that we spoke to. I guess with the Bulldogs, there was obviously the familiarity there and um, it just felt right for me. And I, I believe um, apart from the familiarity and the love that I already obviously have for the club, for them giving me a chance all those years ago, um, I believe that the fit's right. Um, I believe that I can help this team and I believe in the team and the, the list that they do have. Um, and I'm really optimistic and um, yeah, just the, the feeling of it. And um, yeah, I'd don't doubt my decisions at all. I'm wrapped to be back and um, can't wait to get back to the Witten Oval. Talk us through the pitch from Sam Power, Luke Beveridge and Amit Baines because this has been something that's been going on for a little bit. And when we think about the Western Bulldogs this year, it, it, you really do fit a need that they've they've really needed to fill because they've had some issues down back. But just talk us through the pitch because this, this time of year, we're always fascinated by what happens with getting players to clubs. Yeah, well, initially um, it was just gauging interest and I had um, a previous relationship with Sam Power. He was at the Blues um, for a few years when I first got there and he's such a great guy and so easy to talk to. And then um, my previous relationships with um, Chris Grant um, as well. Uh, He was at the Western Bulldogs when I was there. 
Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of had crossed paths with Luke Beveridge in the hub back in 2020. Um, and yeah, through that small meeting, he seemed like a really great guy. But just talking to him on the phone, speaking to Chris Maple on the phone, um, speaking to Marcus Bontepelli again. Um, as you said, I'm a very keen onlooker at football and um, the, what they presented me, apart from, you know, the good people that they knew I knew they were and the good people at the club that I knew I was, would be walking back into, the, the fit felt right. And um, what they presented to me, obviously, the um, elite midfield and um, the outstanding, you know, key, young key forwards that they've got, it seems like all areas are pretty covered. Um, and then there was an area for improvement or development in the, in the back line and to come back and bring some experience and um, my strengths that could potentially um, help the team um, really sat well with me. We're speaking to Western Bulldogs recruit Liam Jones. Liam, you just mentioned there that you crossed paths with Luke Beveridge in the hub. Was he trying to make a pitch to you then or was it more of a general conversation? Uh, no, it was just um, elevated chat, just, hey, how are you going? I think um, everyone was, um, yeah, sort of just crossing paths and a lot of teams all staying at the same hotel. So that's, yeah, that was just my initial sort of hello to, to Luke. And how much of an observer were you this year of the AFL? I mean, did you ever look at Carlton and think with their injuries in defence that, oh, I could have really um, I could have really helped out this year? Uh, I watched every game. Um, I, I really um, love watching football and I always have. Um, so I was really invested and it was a great season. But um, in terms of uh, watching the Blues, no, I thought they, they went great. Um, you know, I still stay in contact with a number of the players there and um, now, when my retirement was done, as I said, I didn't um, think uh, that, you know, I should be out there or anything like that. It was just something that I moved on. I, I moved up here and my new club was Palm Beach um, and I just watched on an, on a, an observer. And, um, yeah, I thought they did had an outstanding season. And, um, you know, the, the players that I played with um, all were great and, you know, all Australians and Jacob Weeding was, was terrific. Liam, we'll get to your time at Palm Beach, Corumbin, because it's a beautiful part of the world and a great place to play footy, especially in the winter. But let's go back 12 months. How difficult was the decision to walk away from Carlton? And we know your story. Your story is very well known in terms of you started as a key forward, you moved to the Blues, it took some time, but then you became one of the best intercepting key defenders in the competition. So to walk away from the game at that point, it must have been really difficult. How did you deal with that period? Yeah, it was an interesting time, as you said. Um, I feel like I'm, you know, I was relatively new in um, my move to defence. I felt like um, I was improving every year, and I felt like 2021 was my best year um, in terms of performance. Um, mm. And I was really excited just to potentially, you know, finally build some respect as a player, and then being a leadership group, um, I was really excited um, what the next few years look like. And obviously, as the group was developing, and then, um, yeah, it's something that I hadn't thought about it. Um, you know, obviously we went to the hub and we um, had constant, um, you know, ad adhering to all the measures that were in place um, throughout the 20 and 2021 season. Um, and it's something that I hadn't really thought about. And then it sort of just um, crept up really quickly. And, and then um, through discussions and, um, yeah, I, my um, health choice was to to not to not do that. And um, unfortunately, there was, there was no two ways around it. Um, and because that was the case, it just ended really quickly. Um, and then, yeah, everyone moved on really quickly after that. And then in the same line, um, it changed quite quickly, you know, a few months ago, which has given me the opportunity to be where I am now. 
We'll move on from the time at Carlton, but just one last one on that. How tough was that conversation? Because obviously a new era started under Michael Voss. How were the conversations with Brad Lloyd and Nick Austin around your decision? It must have been quite tough to tell them that, hey, I've got a contract here, but this doesn't fit with what I want to do. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retire. How tough was that? Uh, obviously it was hard, but um, I think my decisions were all based around what I felt was best for me and my health. Um, and so it was just a, a mandate or a, the rule um, that I just was una- unable to play AFL football um, anymore. So um, I felt like, um, you know, and I did give everything I could um, to the football club, but it was just a rule that came into place that, um, yeah, that I I didn't, um, my health choice was to not, not get vaccinated. So um, it was, yeah, it wasn't a, um, if but that was my decision, and then there was that was the outcome after me, me making my decision. Let's talk about life on the Gold Coast now, because as we touched on, a, a great place to live, a great place to play footy. You played for Palm Beach Corumbin in the Quaffle. What was it like? I mean, you, you've only been in the AFL system and the VFL system. What was it like going back to essentially a suburban footy club where you sit down and you have a a Palmer on a Thursday <laughs> night while you wait for the teams Sounds to be nice. picked. I think that's called a Palmy in Queensland. No. Is it a Palmy or a Palmer oh. up there, Liam? Uh, I, I get sort of mixed up with the two, but they have gravy on it up here. Oh, Intriguing. Tell us what it was like. <laughs> how, how was it like going back and playing, you know, not quite local footy. Quaffles are a good standard, but what was it like going back and playing at that level? It was so nice, yeah. I, I still um, pinch myself that we landed um, in this area and then that um, Palm Beach was... Um, was the, the club that I ended up aligning with. Um, I didn't shop myself around or anything. I was happy to play anywhere. Um, Palm Beach was 15 minutes from home and the people there were just awesome. Um, from day one, I felt the sense of belonging there. And um, yeah, I feel like I've got a real, although it has only been 12 months, I feel like I've got a home there now at Palm Beach and to um, you know share the um, knowledge and experience that I had um, through the AFL system with coaches and players. Um, I feel was um, really appreciated and to see how much we grew from pre-season and round one to the end of the year um, was so good to see. And I think the club is um, yeah in really good hands with some really good young talent coming through. And Liam, just given the standard in the league, how confident are you that you can just bounce straight back into the AFL and have an immediate impact for the Western Bulldogs? I'm really confident. I've always um, had belief in myself and I believe... Um, you know, as I said, last year was my best year of football. Um, obviously, the standard, there's no comparison to AFL training or games. Um, so, yeah, I've just I've got to keep myself as fit as possible during this off-season and then get stuck in the pre-season where um, yeah, I'll be put to the test straight away up against, um, you know, the great forwards that the Bulldogs have. Um, so, pre-season, um, I believe in myself and I believe in the coaching group and Ron Smith um, and the players that will be around me to... Um, all get each other prepared and ready for um, a big season next year. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited um, and can't wait to get stuck into it. Liam, you're 32 before round one. You've got a three-year contract. There must be a, a great deal of confidence that you can play some of your best footy well into your 30s. Yeah, well, I think um, I sort of, I've been asked a little bit um, when do I think, um, how long do I have left and that sort of thing. And all I know is, um, you know, sort of chuck the age out the window. I feel as good as I've ever felt in terms of my body feels great, my mind feels great. And I think, if anything, um, this this year off has obviously taken me out of the rigours of the day-to-day um, scheduling and how hard AFL football is. I feel really refreshed. And as long as I keep improving and I've got the hunger there, um, you know, I 
can't see a finish line at this point. So um, just just super excited to get stuck into pre-season and then hopefully that sets me up for a really good year. Liam, don't let Josh get in your head. As a fellow 32-year-old, I think you're a spring chicken and the best is yet to come. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us on the Trade Feed. Liam Jones, of course, the latest recruit for the Western Bulldogs, joining as an unrestricted free agent on a three-year deal. And after the break, Josh, we will be talking about some of the players who have returned to original clubs. You've compiled a little bit of a list, but if you've got some players you would like to talk about, call 1300 23 55 48 or text 0419 187 323. This is the trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Play the Monopoly game at Macca's for a one in four chance to bring home.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is the trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. All right, a trade confirmed this morning. North Melbourne trading its 2023 round two pick and 2023 round three pick. That, of course, comes from the special assistance package from the AFL, as well as its 2023 round four pick to Fremantle. And in return, going to the ruse. Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker, and 2023 round three pick. Now, Josh, we did just have Liam Jones on. Of course, he is the latest recruit for the Western Bulldogs, going there as an unrestricted free agent. Of course, he was playing up on the Gold Coast. We were talking, we were joking about it being a Palmer or a Palmy. Well, someone's texting saying it's Palmy, illegal. Sorry, illegal, illegal. Yeah. yes. Um, but now we are going to talk about, after speaking to Liam Jones, the players who've returned to their original clubs. And we do have a great text in 0419 Chris Tarrant returned to the Pies, had the best pipes in the game. So that is what we're looking for. Someone who has started at a club, gone elsewhere and ended back at their original club. And Josh, you've compiled a little list. We can't disagree with that text. I mean, his pipes were incredible. One of the great <laughs> rigs that we've seen in the last 20 years or so. Fantastic. Came back in great nick from Fremantle. That's one of the one of the trades that we are looking at. Michael Whiting from AFL.com.au compiled a great article this morning on the back of the Liam Jones trade. And he did look at, at quite a few different names. 21 players have returned home this century. So it's starting to happen a little bit more. I mean, most famously, you'd have to say, is the Gary Ablett return to Geelong after his time helping form and build the Gold Coast Suns. Adam McPhee, Brent Montgomery are also in this list. Peter Bell is another one that's 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 really famous in terms of what he did at both Fremantle and North Melbourne. You can never forget, every time Peter Bell used to touch the footy at Subiaco, there was a fan in the crowd that would ring a bell. <laughs> and he'd get 30 regularly. I just, I love that stuff. That just, that, that'll, that'll stick with me for a, a long time. I mean, Eddie Betts is the one that we we know and celebrate and absolutely love. Dane Beams is one that we've spoken about 
a quite bit, a bit yeah. this week when you contemplate that he was part of the Jack Crisp trade. I mean, he was the key component of that trade. Obviously, Jade, uh, Jordan Ngoi was involved in that pick five. We had Jack Crisp on yesterday and he was pretty savage about the steak knives component. He doesn't like it. He's got a great point now when you consider that he's a two-time Copeland Trophy winner. So there are a number of really good ones. The one that I really, really like, and I, I think some of our listeners might like this, and there is a text that just come through and it centers around this, Trent Crowed. I mean, this, it's quite incredible to think about the Trent Crowed deal because we think of the 2001 Super Draft and what it did for the Hawthorne Football Club, especially through that, that premiership era. They got Luke Hodge at pick one. They got Sam Mitchell at 36. Two absolute icons of the Hawthorne Football Club and two key components of, that, of those four premierships. But they gave up Trent Crowed and Luke McFarlane to Fremantle. They traded, Fremantle traded the pick, the first pick. It's Yeah, wow. It doesn't happen. But, I mean, right now, North Melbourne have put pick one on the table. Obviously, the discussion around Jason Horn Francis, we go back to last year and there are a number of offers for North Melbourne's pick one last year before they took Jason Horn Francis. So there are plenty of great names on this list. You can read the article at afl.com.au. Michael Whiting's compiled a really strong list, but it does centre around... Liam Jones, because he played 66 games in his first six seasons in the AFL at the Western Bulldogs. He was a key forward back then after being taken in the second round of the 2008 National Draft. He became a star key defender. After that move, remember he spent a bit of time in the VFL. Josh Fraser was integral to turning him from a, a key forward into an intercepting beast at Carlton. He played 95 games at the Blues across seven seasons. Obviously missed this year, we've just spoken to him at length about the reasons why and the thought that he wouldn't play AFL again. He's got a three-year contract, Sarah. He could really creep up and play more than 200 games. And just the sense of him, just listening to him then, I feel like he might have more than that three years in him. I mean, he's, Really? I just have that sense. I mean, he doesn't feel like a 31-year-old. He's about to turn 32 before round one. It doesn't quite feel like that. I mean, the way he goes about his business, he looks after his body really well from all reports. So maybe he's got a little bit more time. Are there any names that jump off that list that, that interest you? Well, some names coming through on the text line. Corey McKernan, John Barnes, Josh Carr. Uh, Peter Bell's coming up quite a few times, as is Trent Crode. In fact, someone has called him the GOAT. So there's some of the players who've returned to their original clubs. Liam Jones, one of our guests on today. You can catch up on that on the podcast. Also fitting that bill. Stick with us. This is the Trade Feed. Thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Real Aussies. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here. We have been talking about players returning to their original clubs in lieu of our conversation with Liam Jones. And this is a rather funny one, Josh, off the text line. Peter Bell going back to Frio from North and is probably going to go back to North and be their new CEO. That would be a, a whole different topic, Sarah, <laughs> but that would be fantastic if it happened. We'd have to have another conversation. But just to recap, some of our favourites, Trent Crowe, Chris Tarrant, yeah. Gary Abler Jr., Dane Beams, Peter Bell, 
and Eddie Betts. So we spoke to Liam Jones today, the new Western Bulldogs recruit. And then earlier in the show, and it'll be available on the podcast, a great chat with Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd was incredible, yeah. I, I thought. I thought he was really open about what Jason Horn francis is going through at the moment and really insightful about the trade experience. It's yes. fascinating to think that a lot of these players go through the trade period overseas. Well, they're all overseas at the moment. I think they're all at our Oktoberfest, Josh. But coming up after midday with Riley and Cal, Nick Austin, Carlton List Manager, and David Trotter and Julian Petrarca from Hemisphere Management Group. This is the trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream and we'll see you tomorrow. Listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Think outside with the award winning Ego Power Plus mower. Its innovative 56 volt arc lithium battery delivers all the power of petrol without the noise, fuss, or fumes. And if it doesn't cut it, you get your money back with our 30 day money back guarantee. To claim, all you have to do is, well, um, actually, we've no idea what you have to do. It's never come up. Search Ego Power Plus today. Ego. Power beyond belief. T's and C's apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.